0: Hello and welcome to the Plant School Podcast. Some of you may notice something different today and that is that I am trying out video podcasts. So if you're watching, you obviously can see that I'm trying this out. Hopefully it goes well. If you're just listening, I'm doing video podcasts. This is like my test run. We're going to see how this goes. I'm literally in my pajamas. This is how I normally record in my pajamas. I'm not usually like sitting with a nice background of like my plants kind of looks like a pothos vine is coming out of my ear right now. But if you are someone who likes more visuals, I'm creating this to kind of be that for you. So I'm going to include pictures and things like that as much as I can to make it engaging. So if you are someone who enjoys videos more than just listening, now you have the option to watch if you would like to and again hopefully this goes well of trying this out and hopefully i can continue to do it but i won't be changing any of the content within the episodes now that i'm doing video podcasts it'll all be the same if you choose to listen and keep it that way so before i dive into the meat of this episode i do have a giveaway winner that i did want to announce so i I do give away winners based on someone who has left an Apple review. If you have given it a star rating, type something in, I'm able to view what you've written. And so I choose a winner based off of that. So the winner for this episode left a review. The little username that they use is Plant School Lover. And this is what they wrote They said, Hi, Rachel. I love your podcast. I've been listening for two weeks now and have loved listening while doing chores. The first episode I listened to was the Hartley Philodendron, and now I know how to pronounce it. It is awesome that you sometimes add a plant symbolism and a brief history of it. I really respect that you do a lot of research so that listeners get accurate and up-to-date information. This is an extremely enjoyable show. Since your latest episode, so that you're doing a free plant shopping trip for this week's winner, my mom is entering my review for me because I am a teenager. I look forward to future episodes. That's so sweet of your mom to do that for you. And you are this episode's winner. So, plant school lover, go ahead and email me Tinny Plants T-E-N-N-E-Y Plants at gmail.com. Actually, in fact, I think you've already emailed me, so maybe I'll just email you, let you know that you've won, and I will go ahead and fund your next plant shopping trip, just send you a gift card over your way. And if you would like to win a free plant trip sponsored by me, then go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really love for you to win, and it also helps out the show, so I really do appreciate all the reviews that are left. And speaking of helping out the show, I do want to give just a quick shout out to Hunter and Amanda. They are my newest podcast sponsors. And Hunter and Amanda, you know who you are. I did a happy dance as soon as those emails came in that I got new podcast supporters. And if you're wondering what that is, it simply is someone who sets up a monthly donation to support this podcast. So in the show notes of every single episode, down at the very bottom, It'll say support this podcast with a link. If you click it, a little pop-up will come up where you can choose to make a monthly donation of $1, $5, or $10. Totally up to you. But it really helps this podcast keep going. And it helps me try out new things like video podcasts and trying to up the level of the content that I'm able to give you guys. So if you do really enjoy this podcast and have the budget to donate as little as like a dollar a month... I appreciate it so very much. And again, the link to do that is just in the show notes. Okay, so let's dive into this episode. We are going to be talking about jade plants today. And the first question I always ask is, what is a jade plant? So its scientific name is Crassula ovata or Crassula argentia. Both of those, I found that they were pretty interchangeable. People use them for the jade plant, either one. It didn't really seem to matter. But it is a member of the Crassulaceae family. And there are over 200 species in the Crassula genus. And there's actually quite a few different types of Crassula ovata variations. And something that I found that was pretty fun, there are two Crassula ovata variations making up what they call the Tolkien group. And it includes Crassula ovata golem, or the Gollum jade, and the Crassula ovata hobbit the Hobbit jade. So that's just a fun thing that fans of Tolkien have kind of taken and used in naming plants. You can look them up. They're kind of funky looking versions of jade. They almost look like little fingers, but some of them are more tubular and and they are a little bit hollow. But they're really cool looking. Some common names of Crassula ovata is obviously the jade plant. Probably that's the most common common name, but it's also known as the lucky plant, money plant, or the money tree. Money tree I don't feel like is super widely used because that's been kind of used to define a different plant, that plant being the Pachira aquatica. That one's more known as the money tree than the jade plant is. So we'll just refer to it as a jade plant because that's its most common name. That's what most people know it by, so that's what we're going to go with. It's a pretty low-maintenance plant. It's a long-lasting evergreen succulent, it kind of looks like a small tree, has a very thick base and it becomes brown with age and it has a woody look to it, though it's never truly lignified, meaning having that like very woody tissue and it does remain a succulent and fleshy tissue throughout the plant's life. I really hate the word fleshy, but sometimes when you're in the plant world, it's the only way to describe things. The jade plant does produce flowers mostly in the winter time, and something very interesting about its flowers is that they are hermaphroditic, meaning that they possess both male and female reproductive organs, so they are able to self-pollinate and reproduce that way. To get your jade plant to flower, it rarely comes with young plants, mostly mature plants are able to flower. And you need cooler winter temperatures to kind of induce that flowering. So it is kind of rare to have that happen in your home. But they can get up to a height of about three feet in your home. Even six feet if you are keeping them outside. And they can be grown outside in very warm regions. You have to be in zones 10 or 11. And in the U.S. that's not a very big area. It includes like the bottom tip of Florida, Florida the southernmost part of California that's like almost into Mexico, and then there's like very small pieces of Arizona and also the tip of Texas at the very bottom. They can grow a jade plant full-time outside, but other than that, it is a plant that needs to be kept inside for those warmer temperatures. So let's move on and talk about what they symbolize, and I actually have the book right by me. I'm going to grab it real quick. So for those who are watching on video podcasts or on YouTube, because I will be putting them on there too, you can see this is the book that I always use when it comes to figuring out what a plant symbolizes. So my light is not too bright. It's the complete language of flowers by S. Teresa Dietz. It's one of my favorite books because one, it's really beautiful. I like shout this book out all the time. I really need to reach out to the author and let her know how much I love it. But it goes through like A to Z, all these different plants and what they can mean. And this was something very popular, like in Victorian times to send a message via flowers. And it's something that we don't do as much today, which honestly, I think is a real bummer. I would love for someone to send me a message via flowers, as long as it's not something nasty or rude. And so when I looked up the jade plant in this book, it told me that the jade plant symbolizes affluence, friendship, good luck, and money. And the friendship meaning of this plant comes in part by its easiness to propagate. So it's really easy to gift to other people. You can grow a piece and gift it to a friend, hence the friendship plant name. And it also holds the possible powers of having luck with money, which is honestly something we could all use, right? And it's used often in feng shui to draw in good luck, and it's traditionally placed near the door to really draw in that luck right as you enter the home. And it is especially lucky when it blooms, at least that's what it's believed to be. And in Asia, it is actually a very popular good luck charm, although it does not originate in Asia. They actually originate in South Africa, specifically the Kwazulu Natal. I hope I said that right, and Eastern Cape provinces of South Africa. It's also been found in Mozambique and Swaziland, and in their native habitat, they can grow up to 10 feet tall, and its trunk is about the size of like a torso of a human, and the branch is about the size of a leg. So very large plants when they are in their native habitat. They also receive very little water and harsh sunlight when growing in that native environment, so it is a relatively tough plant, and that is why we love them. And Moving on to my favorite question of this plant's history, I want to start off by kind of talking about where they originated, which we were just discussing. They grow naturally in South Africa, but they've been cultivated as houseplants in Europe and America for over a hundred years. In Mozambique and Swaziland, they actually have a problem with this plant being so popular, because it's threatened due to its collection from the wild for the succulent plant trade simply because it is so popular. The demand is high for it and the demand is high worldwide. It's not just like a really popular U.S. plant, it's all over the world. I didn't even know the succulent plant trade was like a huge thing, but it is and it's a little bit of a problem for the jade plant apparently. But before, the jade plant was a threatened species because they were out there collecting it. It was used as a food source and was used for medicine. So in Southern Africa, the roots of the jade plant are a traditional food source of the Khoi and other tribes. The roots are grated, then they are cooked and eaten with a thick milk, and then the leaves are also used medicinally. So they will boil the leaves in milk, And they're used as a remedy for diarrhea. And it's also used to treat epilepsy and corns and also used as a purgative to help you throw up. And not only was it used for people, but it is also used by a lot of wildlife. It's a popular food source for a lot of wildlife in its native habitat. And it's actually one of the favorite foods of tortoises. So if you have a pet tortoise and a jade plant, They might want to be friends, but it might destroy your jade plant, so you might want to watch your tortoise if you do have them be best friends. So how it actually became cultivated, I mentioned that it has happened well over a hundred years ago, is a little bit of a foggy story. There's a lot of stories that go with it of where it might have come from first, but Here's the rundown. So in the 17th century, there were Dutch explorers and developers of shipping routes around the Cape of Good Hope. And they sent back many living plants and seeds. They mostly sent it back all to Holland. And it's assumed that the jade plant was among the collections that they were sending back. And then in 1786, there was a French naturalist who reported that there was a jade plant in the Jardin du Roy, which is just a medicinal garden in Paris. Honestly, forgive me for my French if I said that completely wrong, but I'm trying my best. I don't know much about French. But anyways, this garden, this medicinal garden in Paris, it was started in 1626 by King Louis XIII's physician. So not by King Louis, but his physician. And so anyways, This French naturalist, he was visiting this garden in Paris and he recorded that there was a jade plant in this garden and it had been growing there a long time and he believed that it had come from Africa. When it was first described, its name was Cody Laidon Oveda and that was done by Philip Miller in the Gardening Dictionary of 1768. And then later on, the species was transferred to the Crassula ovata, and that was done by George Druse in 1917. What a tongue twister of a name, George Druse. It's just, it's too similar for me, too similar. Kudos to you, George. Moving on, it was actually included in NASA's studies of plants that affect indoor air pollution, and it was found to be the best at absorbing tolling which is a harmful chemical that you don't want to be breathing in and if you guys have listened to my podcast for a while you know that the NASA study doesn't really transfer well in its results to our home because it was done in an enclosed chamber and as you all know our homes are not enclosed chambers that never open we have doors, we have windows, we have AC units and heating units that are constantly exchanging the air in our homes. And so plants aren't really effective at absorbing anything. If you lived in something that the air stayed the same, it would help. But we don't. If you want to learn more about that, episode 47 dives into that. And Sam was even in the episode, which love having him on there. So moving to today and the history of the jade plant today, it's a very common house plant worldwide because it survives and thrives in a really wide range of environmental conditions. It's a tough plant and it's also commonly used in the bonsai world because it is slow growing and it does have that attractive bare stem, giving it a nice kind of tree-like look. Honestly, they make really beautiful bonsais. But with that, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to dive into exactly how to care for a jade plant and keep it alive for quite a while. We're going to talk about how long they can last in our next segment. Okay, we are back and ready to dive in how to exactly care for a jade plant. If you have one or want to get one, you might after you find out how fun these plants are. I'm not a huge fan of succulents, to be completely honest, they're fine. Like they're fine. They're just not my jam. I always kill them and they always get mealy bug. But the jade plant might change my mind just because of how long they can last How you can train them to be bonsais. Anyways, we're gonna talk about all that. So let's start off with how to water a jade plant. And because they are succulents, they are prone to root rot. So you want to water, when the top few inches are completely dry, like two to three inches, you really want it to be pretty dry and then you can go ahead and soak it. Because not giving enough water can cause dwarfing, foliage spotting, leaf drop, and even death. So you just really want to get that soil fully saturated once it is almost fully dry. Avoid getting the leaves wet because if that water is sitting on the leaves, it can introduce fungal or bacterial diseases and cause leaf rot. So you really want to try and water the base just where your soil is and if you're like me and wondering why does that happen because like it rains in these plants native environment why isn't that a problem of it causing fungal and bacterial diseases when it rains and it's getting the leaves wet and that is because in our homes there's not a whole lot of airflow like there is outside so the water doesn't evaporate as quickly and so when you get your leaves wet inside the water just sits for a really long time. And that is where the disease comes from, is from the sitting water that is not evaporating quite as fast as it would outside. It's also important to note that room temperature water is great for this plant. Really cold water can actually shock it and cause it to drop leaves. And watering it will be more sparse in the winter. And that's kind of true of all plants. And it's because the plant is taking up less water due to the less sunlight that happens in winter months. Overwatering in the winter time is definitely one of the most common reasons for why this plant dies. Some people report that they only really need to water about once a month during winter months, which is kind of nice. If you're a, a winter traveler, which I don't know very many people that are because it Causes awful traveling conditions. But if you are a winter traveler, the jade plant is the plant for you. If your plant does get yellow leaves, it's most likely due to overwatering. Just let the soil dry and check that the pot is draining well. Over and underwatering can also cause the leaves to drop, so keep your eye out for that. Leaves will drop naturally, so don't Freak out if a few fall off, it's going to be kind of in masses, and you can tell that something is wrong if it is suffering from underwatering or overwatering. Overwatering can also cause crusty scabs on the leaves, and this is because when you overwater it consistently, the cells in the leaves take up that water, they can rupture, and the ruptures will dry out and leave this kind of like rough gray-brown patch that forms on the leaves. It's called a corky scab and it's very common of succulent species. So that is why you don't want to constantly be overwatering this plant because it can get that corky scab. And underwatering, on the flip side, is most often exhibited with shriveled leaves and stems. And if you do notice that, go ahead and give it some water and it will start to kind of plump back up. Average humidity is fine for these plants. There's really no need for a whole lot of extra humidity. The levels of humidity in an average home serve this plant really well. Moving on to the lighting needs for a jade plant. So they prefer bright dappled sunlight. So a windowsill is really ideal. A lot of people recommend letting them get a few hours of direct sunlight. Succulent species. Are often one of the few that can handle direct sunlight usually with every plants bright and direct sun but for the jade plant it can handle direct sun so definitely put it in a very sunny place if it's not used to direct sunlight give it some time to adapt don't have it sit in your windowsill all of a sudden you want to ease it in to that sort of environment. If they don't get enough sun, they will start to stretch. It's also called etoliation, if you want to be fancy. And they're stretching towards the sun and it does get very leggy looking. So if it's looking that way, it's because it's not getting enough sun. They do best in temperatures between 50 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 18 to 24 degrees Celsius, and it's advised not to go below 50 degrees for long periods in the winter. They can handle a little bit of frost if that does happen, but consistent freezing temperatures will kill them if you do have them on a windowsill in the wintertime, it's best to place them away from touching the window. If they're not touching the window, they will probably be fine. And you can keep them outside during the warm summer months, if you keep them under shade, or you can move it out gradually to keep it from getting too sunburned. And if you do choose to move your jade plant, just keep in mind that they will probably drop leaves just due to the environmental stress of moving. Ficuses do this too. They just get stressed out and drop a few things. So just try and slowly move it over the period of about a week or so. Moving on to how to fertilize a jade plant. You want to fertilize it in the spring through summer months and probably only two to four times with a 20-20-20 fertilizer. That's just like an all-purpose fertilizer for house plants or any plants really. But you want to err on the side of fertilizing less because they are slow growers and if you fertilize too much they can start to overgrow really quickly and kind of get an undesirable look. So err on the side of under fertilizing because they're not going to be harmed by that. Moving on to repotting and what kind of soil they need. They don't mind being root bound. So that's something different than a lot of houseplants. They can handle being root bound quite well. If you are having problems though of like it drying out too quickly because it is all root and there hardly any soil or maybe the roots are coming out of the pot and you're not loving that, you can repot it. Usually falls to maybe about every two to three years, but again, they can be left root bound. If you do repot it, remember that you don't need fertilizer for about four months just because there are a lot of nutrients in the new soil that it can be utilizing and it doesn't need any extras added to it. Also, a lot of people avoid watering the newly repotted soil For about a week, no more than that, and then they water it lightly and this is just to help the plant prevent root rot. They do prefer a well-draining soil mix, so something like a cactus mix works really great, or you can make your own soil using shredded peat moss, soil, and sand, one part each of that. So one part shredded peat moss, one part soil, and one part sand. And moving on, this is a plant that can be pruned. So as it grows, go ahead and pull off any old shriveled leaves as they appear, but as for going in and actually pruning the plant, spring is a great time to do this, to lightly prune it, kind of maintain a desired shape that you want, and older mature plants can be pruned much better than younger ones can. you don't really need to prune a young jade plant there's not much need for it so this is something to do with older ones and you don't want to remove more than one third when you do choose to prune a plant because if you do remove more it can really stress it out to the point that it might not be able to bounce back next i want to talk about propagation and this part is kind of fun because the jade plant is so easy to propagate that is one of the really lovely things about succulents is that they are very easy to propagate i do appreciate that about them so propagation for the jade plant it can work at any time of the year and it's really easy to do and propagation via stem cuttings or stem pieces is actually one of the jade plant's main ways of reproducing in the wild. So when branches just naturally fall off or maybe they're bumped by wildlife or what have you, the branch will actually end up rooting and form a new plant. So that's something really cool that you don't often see with a whole lot of house plants. But for the jade plant, let's go through all the ways you can propagate them first one they can be air layered so if you make a cut and you put soil around that cut or a soilless medium of sorts around the cut it will start growing roots from there also you can do stem cuttings which i talked about that's how they propagate in the wild so you can take a stem cutting and put it in a perlite soil mixture and they propagate really well there Also leaf cuttings can be used so a single leaf you can place it on top of soil or slightly into the soil and it will start to root from there. You want to let both stem cuttings and leaf cuttings callus over for about a day just so that cut can dry and then place it in soil and roots will begin to grow on the severed leaves or stems after a few weeks after being removed and how fast it happens like how many weeks it will take depends on the temperature and the humidity levels in your home. You can obviously manipulate it by putting a sort of bag over them to increase humidity or using a heating mat underneath to increase the temperature and that really helps the new roots take off on cuttings. And once new roots have come in then the new foliage will start to come in on that jade plant. But moving on to pests and what kind of pests jade plants deal with. They are known to deal with mealy bugs on their stems and leaves. If that does happen, you can treat them with alcohol on a cotton swab. It's actually recommended to not use insecticidal soaps on jade plants, just so you know if you're dealing with a pest of some sort. It's not recommended. The ingredients Malathion and metacystox R can actually cause the leaves to fall off, and that's the main reason why you don't want to be using any sort of insecticidal soap. Spider mites can also sometimes be a problem and cause jade plants to lose their green color and make them kind of appear dusty or speckled, and also they can deal with scale, and that can affect them by causing deformation of the plant during its growing periods. When with scale, again, just use alcohol and a cotton swab to remove them. And I just have two last questions. So first one is extra care tips. And there's some really important tips in here. The first one being you want to plant them in a heavy or weighty pot because the jade plant, they can get so big and top heavy and topple over. So you really want something heavy anchoring them down. If it is starting to topple over, find you a really big pot to keep it down. Another important thing is that some people have reactions to the sap in jade plants. It can cause dermatitis or irritation in the skin, and it's also known to be toxic to horses, cats, and dogs. It's definitely not a pet-friendly plant. In fact, the UC Davis School of Veterinary Medicine found that it can cause vomiting, ataxia, slowing heart rate, and depression in cats and dogs. If you do have pets, make sure that your jade plant is not in a place where they can reach them or get into them or anything. All right, and the last thing is how long does the jade plant live? And they are known to live over a hundred years old. When... They are cared for properly. That's the key. When they're cared for properly, they can last for over a hundred years and they are among the longest living houseplants that you can grow. So, many houseplant hobbyists have jade plants that are well over 50 years old. It's not like a really well-documented thing. I tried to find like, which one's the oldest? Like, where is it at? But there's no record of who has the oldest one. Probably if you want to see a really old and impressive jade plant, you would need to go to South Africa and see them in their native habitat. And and just so you do know, they do grow about two inches per year, so fairly slow. So these 100-year-old plants, see if they grow two inches every year, 100 times two inches, that's 200 inches, which, looking at my little conversion, 200 inches is... Almost 17 feet. That is massive. Obviously you're going to be pruning it and it's not going to be this massive tree in your home. It would be cool but I don't know if that's super sustainable. Anyways, that is my full episode of How to Care for a Jade Plant. I hope you enjoyed, learned something new and if you're here watching the video podcast, I hope you enjoyed this kind of new thing that I'm trying out time will tell if I keep this going. I really want to, but I've got to see if I can make this work. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you will join me in two weeks for a brand new episode of the Plant School Podcast.